All right, your TV Sports Talk Cherry Podcast live. It's Talk Myers here with Jared Blinder again today. We also got a special guest. We're pumped to bring you the NBA Playoff Preview Pod. But before we get started, don't forget to sign up for the NBA Tournament Challenge on 2TVSports.com. Sign up ends today, August 17th. We have about 25 entrants right now. It's going to be epic. Follow along. Something on the line. But also, without further ado, Jerry, uh, introduce our guest today to break down the NBA playoffs. We've been waiting for the uh, NBA playoffs to stroll into town. It's been a little bit longer than we expected. Um, I decided to have on one of the biggest basketball fans I know, Jackson Ryan, Big Jackson, Warriors fan supreme, extraordinaire. And with that, I'll uh, hand over to him to introduce himself. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, yeah, my name is Jackson Ryan. Uh, I am absolutely a huge Warriors fan, and I am extremely excited to talk playoffs with you guys. Awesome. So we got two Warriors fans here. We got a Celtics fan here. Uh, Warriors aren't in, in the uh, playoffs this year, but we'll be back. And uh, cool. So we're going to go over each series. We're going to give our thoughts. We've got a few topics we're going to break down on each series. Uh, and, and we're going to give you all of our knowledge. So let's get to it, boys. First series we're going to talk about is uh, Portland versus the Lakers. Uh, Jerry, give us your uh, thoughts on this series. Uh, so first off, as I said in a couple previous podcasts, uh, I think it's one of the best one eights we've seen in a long time. You have a superstar on the eighth seed. That's usually rare. Usually they're in better playoff position, but because of the injuries and in, in, during the course of the regular season, uh, the Blazers uh, were out of playoff position and had to kind of work their way back into that eighth seed. Um, and then I think that it was looking like a potential upset and maybe people were talking about the Blazers being able to push the Lakers, but we know CJ McCollum has a fracture in his back dating back to August 6th. Um, that was revealed, and he, his shooting percentage has been down uh, since we found that out or since that injury has occurred. And I think that the Blazers are pretty gassed compared to the Lakers uh, in that every game they played in the bubble was basically their game seven, and the Lakers got to rest, got to coast, and they looked kind of disjointed and out of, out of rhythm, but I don't see it being a problem now uh, looking over this series. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um... Let's get to our first part about this. How would Jackson, how would you rank this on a scale of one to ten? How interesting the matchup is and how you think this series will go down? So I kind of rated it a little bit differently. Most one versus eight matchups to me are like a zero out of ten. Um, so because this is a one versus eight matchup for me with a superstar on each team, I, I went with a nine on this one. So I think it's very interesting to have one of probably the seven or eight best players in the NBA, and that's who you have to play in the first round. That's a very tough draw for the Lakers, especially without Avery Bradley. And depending on when Rondo is actually able to rejoin the team, they are kind of shallow at point guard right now. So although Jerry is correct that they definitely, the Blazers definitely had to play a lot more tough minutes. The Lakers don't really know who they are yet, especially with this current version of their roster. I don't but I think it's going to be an extremely exciting first round, especially for a one versus eight matchup. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'll, I'll rank this one a 10. I think this is, might be the most interesting matchup of the first round. I mean, you've got the Lakers who have basically no guards versus the Trailblazers who probably have the best backcourt in the NBA right now. Uh, you got the Lakers who've got probably the two, two of the best forwards in the NBA in LeBron and Davis. Trailblazers who have no forwards. So it's kind of a strength on weakness matchup. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this plays out for both teams. 
And uh, I think it's going to be very high scoring. So I rank this 10. Uh, yeah, as far as factor. yeah, as far as matchups go too, like they have uh, Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside to throw Anthony Davis a couple extra fouls per game. Um, I don't think there's any stopping AD. He looks like a man on a mission. He's finally on a contending team, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, but that size could definitely help slow him down. And yeah, you're definitely right. Without Avery Bradley, um, huge loss for the Lakers. And even though Rondo's coming back, like you mentioned, Jackson, like I don't see him being able to slow Dame at all. Like maybe I don't even know who they put Rondo on. Like he's pretty big liability defensively. Um, and so with that, I, like, yeah, I have the series pretty, I like a seven or eight to watch. It's definitely a better one eight than any of the other ones I've seen the past couple of years. Um, my X factor is AD because as, as the Lakers go is how AD plays. Personally, I had the X factors, Kyle Kuzma. Um, to me, they're going to need Kyle Kuzma to be hitting threes to space the floor so that they can play their best lineup. This is the Lakers. That is uh, one of their guards with, Probably Danny Green playing the two, Kuzma, LeBron, and AD. I think that's probably their best lineup in this series. And so Kuzma's going to need to play well to make that lineup viable. And if he's not playing well, that's going to leave LeBron with like one to two consistent shooters on the floor at any given time. And trading two versus two and two for threes with uh, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and now Gary Trent Jr. is probably not the best strategy. They're trying to win this game, win this series quickly. Yeah, and, and I could not agree more with that. I think the Lakers are going to have to go small somewhat and have AD at center, uh, get Kuzma on the floor. Uh, Lakers really don't have that much shooting unless they do that. But uh, my expector is Gary Trent. He's been playing really well. He's going to need to be able to guard uh, LeBron. It seems like for a lot of portion, for you know, large portions of the game. And if if he can do a decent job on LeBron. Uh, and, and the Trailblazers can, you know, put Nurkic on Davis. I think they have a shot uh, to pick up a few games in this series. If Gary Trent can't guard LeBron, which I probably don't think can, I mean, I think it might it might end a little bit early. Um, so Gary Trent's my X factor of this series. And Tosh, how many games do you see the series going? So, yeah, let's get to the prediction. I think it's going to be uh, Lakers in five. Yeah, I think the, the Blazers will win one just based on the guards that they have, the shooting capabilities. But uh, their defense is just really not going to be good enough, as you saw in that in, you know, in the playing game against the game against Brooklyn. They really couldn't stop either of those guys. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the defense won't be good. And my MVP of this series will be LeBron. I don't think they have anyone to stop him. Um, so I have the Lakers at six. Uh, reason I said six instead of five is I agree that there's absolutely no one on the Blazers roster that's going to guard LeBron really well. Um, you're hoping that Gary Trent Jr. and some other bodies can at least slow him down or at least make him play hard. Um, I think this is going to be one of those series, kind of like the 18 finals, where LeBron is just going to absolutely get his no matter what. And it is really dependent on what his teammates are able to do. Um, and I just really don't trust his outside of AD. Obviously, he's a superstar. I don't really trust his roster that much, except Kuzma's been killing it. So I, I do like Kuzma right now. Um, but I don't trust a ton of the Lakers' other guys in this series. And if the Blazers keep playing like they have been playing, like basically, I think LeBron and AD may, might combine for 80, 90 points a game in this series. But where are the other 20 to 30 points coming from every game? 
And that's why I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be so important in this series. Um, I think the Blazers are just going to score points. There's just absolutely no one on the roster that's guarding Dame and CJ. And I think that Dame, I have Dame as the MVP of this series, just because I think that without him, it's a four-game sweep, and it's not even a conversation. And I think that he averages 40-plus in the series. Wow. A lot to respond to there. Uh, combined 80 to 90 points from AD and LeBron is a, is a high mark. So uh, I'm just going to yeah, that's a on the high stunned side. face I'm, on that. I'm saying it's possible. Like, it wouldn't stun me if, in hindsight, you told me that they were averaging close to 40 a game each. But even if you're going on the high side with that, I think that the rest of the roster is going to struggle to find those 30 to 50 points a night that you're going to need to score 115 to 120 to beat the Blazers. Um, I actually had this game uh, or the series uh, as a LA win in six, but after the uh, CJ injury, uh, I actually had to downgrade that to five. I do think Dame is able to carry them and have one of those crazy games, um, if not a couple of times, at least one time to make it a gentleman sweep at five games. But uh, with that, I wanted to move on to our next series, the Los Angeles Clippers, the other team from LA against the Dallas Mavericks. I think that's going to be a really fun one. I actually have this as uh, my best series as far as watching it goes. Um, and so with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tosh. Yeah, that's, that's surprising to me, Jerry. I mean, I know you're big on the Clippers. I would think that you would have them, like, going away with this series. I mean, I don't think there's any way the uh, Mavs can stop Kawhi and George. Like, two, you know, Dory Finney-Smith is going to be on one of them, Hardaway on the other, Matthew Kleba. Like, the, those guys are going to take over. Uh, I do think the Clippers' depth is a little bit overrated. I'd like to hear your guys' takes on that. But, uh, you know, the Doncic can't guard them. The the Clippers just have too many forwards for the Mavs. They're going to overpower them that sense. Uh, I, I see this series not lasting too long. I am interested to see the matchup between uh, Kawhi and Doncic if he's guarding him, but... Uh, I don't think I don't think the Mavs will be able to stop them. How about you, uh, Jackson? I had this as an eight on the watchability scale. First of all, I think this is going to be a, definitely a very fun series to watch. I don't know how close it's going to be. Um, basically, like you said, Kawhi is going to be all over Luca, and I think Luca's still going to get his, and he's going to score some buckets. But the Mavs have really struggled against the Clippers this season. I have the Clippers in five. Um, I agree that the most interesting matchup is definitely going to be Luca versus Kawhi and the bench of the Clippers. So Lou Will is obviously incredible. Montrez Harrell is very good, although he's kind of in the starting rotation too. So it's one or the other, but um, yeah, I mean, their depth, I would say they're probably eight guys deep, nine guys deep, which is as deep as they need to be. However, they're kind of hyped up to have like a 10, 11, 12 man roster. And I don't agree with that. So, Well, you only oh, need eight guys in the playoffs going agree, forwards yeah. anyways. The the big but, issue with the Clippers for me is that they all haven't played together. Montrez is just getting back into the bubble. Like, they don't have that team chemistry yet. I don't think the Clippers' depth is overblown at all. I think that's exactly what you need in the playoffs. And they have a good amount of depth between or depth between uh, Morris and Harrell and Lou Will and Pat Bev. And, like, it's a plug-and-play. As long as you have Kawhi and Paul George healthy, you can sur- surround them with either other scorers or def- more defenders. Um, that being said, like, I know that both of you know that I love Luka Doncic. He's really hard not to like. Um, and that offense of Dallas is top five in the league. Um, and I see them, I see the series of them pushing it to six games. I think they can find a way to win two. Um, I don't hate the, the Clippers in five. Like, that's could be done. But 
I think that with all those guys from the Clippers having not played together for that many games, I think that it's going to take them a little bit of time to really find their chemistry on court. And so for that reason, I have this going six games. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point in the fact that the Clippers haven't played together. It seems like there's some teams in the NBA every year that really never get that chemistry. I worry about that a little bit with the Clippers. Back to the depth thing. I mean, I don't think Lou Williams is a great fit. Uh, just because he, he's not going to play good defense. He's kind of an ISO player. When you have Kawhi and George, you don't want someone taking the ball from them. Uh, Pat Bev, I mean, he's all right. Zubat, but you don't, need, you don't need Lou Will like down the stretch when you have George and Kawhi. Like, you can have Pat Bev out there for defense, and you don't need to have Pat Bev and Lou on the, same, like, on the court at the same time like down in the fourth quarter. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I don't think Lou Will is that great of a piece to have uh, for this team. I don't think – I think Harrell's a good, a good piece. He's probably their third-best player. Morris is streaky. He's playing well. Then, I mean, he'll be all right. Uh, Shamit doesn't seem like he's playing too well right now. Like, your Michael Green is, you know, decent at best. Uh, I don't really see – where the depth is, but I do like the Clippers. I'll say the X factor in this series. I actually really think this guy's a big X factor is Paul George. I mean, Kawhi, we know he's going to be, you know, going off. If George can be that second piece at a, you know, top 10 player level, this series will be over quickly. Um, he'll probably, you know, have either Finney Smith or Hardaway on him. He can take advantage. I'll say uh, Maz in five. Or, I mean, Clippers in five, not Clippers in five. So I have my X Factor is or my Kristaps Porzingis in this series. Um, as we saw in their most recent matchup, he can kind of do whatever he wants against those really short uh, front court players trying to guard him for the Clippers. Um, so I think if the Mavericks want to win this series, they're going to need a big, big performance out of Kristaps the whole time. Um, also, I just don't. In terms of like the depth conversation that they keep going back to, I think depth is generally a little overrated when it comes to playoff runs. I mean, you always want to have the more, like, if you have the best player in the series, that's typically a good indicator for who wins. Um, so I think that depth isn't hugely important. I do like Lou Williams coming off the bench, though, simply because he is going to be a secondary shot creator that I actually trust. Paul George is... When he's high, he's a superstar, undoubtedly. When he's low, and in the playoffs, he's had a couple of low moments, playoff P, he can be pretty bad. Lou Williams, I actually do trust to kind of make some, make some shots, and I think it's nice to have somebody coming off the bench that is able to do that if you need it in a series. Um, yeah, I, and, and the chemistry thing, they were down like 15 in the fourth quarter to the Mavericks, who were throwing everything at them the other night, and the Clippers end up winning by 15. Like, it's, it's concern, like, the chemistry thing is concerning, but I don't think it's concerning in this particular series. Cool. All right, let's turn it over to the uh, next series, the 3C Nuggets for 60 Jazz. Uh, I have this on a scale of 1 to 10 as a 3 in terms of watchability. Uh, I think the, the Nuggets are a really deep team. The Jazz are going to be out without Mike Conley. Uh, the Jazz, they're also without Bogdan Bogdanovich, and uh, they're really hurting on the depth side. So I, I like the Nuggets in this series. Uh, super interested to watch Michael Porter in the playoffs. Uh, Jackson, how about you? Um, I, I had this as a four. 
for the watchability rating. Um, it might be a little bit lower now that I know that Mike Conley's out with his son. Congratulations to him. Um, and yeah, it's going to be this Jazz team is hurting right now, and I'm kind of a Jazz hater regularly, so it's not a great sign that they're hurting for me at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that it definitely drops off a little bit. Uh, like you were saying, I'm in the four or five category just because I don't really know what Denver is. Like they have all these great talented players, but and with Michael Porter's emergence, it's like I don't, I'm not really sure who gets the ball going down the stretch, whether it's Michael Porter, Jokic, or Jamal Murray. Um, and so I'm, I'm more watching to figure out what Denver's going to do in the further rounds because I do see them beating the Jazz here. Mike Conley's a huge loss. Another guy that I'm really looking to see what he does uh, to take this challenge head on is Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's one of those guys who's kind of streaky can have a bad first three quarters and then t- really turn it on in the fourth. And I'm trying to see if he can sustain that level of output. Uh, that being said, the jazz and, and the nuggets had an absolutely awesome bubble game. Uh, go back and check out the highlights from that. That was, that was a fun one, uh, a couple overtimes. Um, and so I don't see the jazz being able to pull off this upset right now. I have, uh, the Denver nuggets winning this in six games, just because I think they have to figure out who their closers really are and what that lineup looks like. Um, Rudy Gobert is an absolute stud. I expect him to just be a force defensively as usual. Um, but in the end, yeah, I think Denver overwhelms the jazz. Yeah. I've got the nuggets in five in this series. I, you know, I think the Nuggets are a little bit underrated. I wouldn't put them in the same category as the Bucks, the Lakers, or the Clippers, but um, they're definitely better than the Jazz. They they have a lot of depth. I mean, with Jamal Murray, Porter, Jokic, uh, you know, that Barden's out, I think, and uh, Harris is out, but uh, they still got some some a lot of guys. And uh, I'd say my X factor in this series it was Mike Conley. But uh, he's hurt, or he's uh, out now of the bubble to his uh, son being born. So totally respect that. But uh, I'd say the X factor is Michael Porter. If he can be a legit, you know, scorer, I think that elevates the Nuggets. Um, maybe makes them a little bit more in contention for the uh, championship. So we'll see how Porter does. Big series here builds on that into the next round would be huge for them. Uh, I've got the Nuggets in five. I also have the Nuggets at five. I I really don't know what the Jazz are going to be doing to creating to create shots right now. Uh, my X factor was also Mike Conley. I really I think it's got to be I don't know who can really swing the series for the Jazz at this point. Um, MVP for the Nuggets I think is going to end up being Jokic and slightly over Michael Porter Jr. I think the nice part about what I think it was Jared that mentioned this that they're kind of trying to figure out who they're closing group is and who is going to be closing games for them particularly. I think Jokic's skill set as a passer and a versatile big man on the offensive end um, kind of fits well with uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s game as a forward, um, which I think is kind of an advantage for them that they have two star players or playing like star players. I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. is a star yet, but if he keeps averaging 30 like that, then he will be. Um, but really, they can kind of both play to their strengths at the same time, unlike a lot of other superstar tandems or star tandems, scoring tandems. Yeah, I, I really don't know what the Jazz can do to win this series. Even if they make some of the games close, I really I don't see how they can outscore the Nuggets for seven games. All right, so Jackson, you have the series in five to the Nuggets. Tosh, you do as well. I have it in six. Our last matchup is the Houston Rockets against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
And I have this as the most like contentious up for grab matchups. Uh, Russell Westbrook is out with a quad injury for the first game or two, or he said he would miss the first few games. Um, and with that, Jackson, I'm going to throw it back to you on this one because I know uh, you think Harden's great, but you also hate watching the Rockets. Uh, and so I'll let you uh, answer that. So I'm a certified Harden hater. I just want to throw that out there. However, I respect his game. He is a superstar for sure. That being said, I have the Thunder in seven. My interest level for this series is a 10. I cannot wait to watch this series, not just because of what's going to happen on the court, where I think it's going to be a very good series, as evidenced by saying it's going to go to seven games, but also off the court, obviously the huge trade with CP3 and two bursts and two swaps, Russell Westbrook. If the Rockets win this series, or sorry, if the Thunder beat Russell Westbrook and James Harden and the Rockets, that is ridiculous. That is one of the best trades of all time in NBA history. If you got two first and two first round pick swaps and CP3, and he then beat the team that you traded with. So I think that adds to the element of interest in the series for me. And Tosh, you love CP3, so... By all means, take it away. Yeah, Jackson, I've been all over this trade on this podcast, man. That is might have been the worst trade this whole entire offseason. How are you going to give up multiple picks and pick swaps for a player who's much worse than the player you're giving up? If the Rockets had CP3, I think they'd be finals uh, favorites here. But uh, they don't, and Westbrook's on the team. He can't shoot. Uh, but that being said... Uh, I still like the Rockets here. I think their style of play, I, I did like the, the color trade, getting rid of him, going small. I mean, their best lineup was, was with P.J. Tucker at center anyways. Now they got a lot of shooting around uh, James Harden, Eric Gordon. He's my X factor of the series. That guy comes back. He's playing well. He's one of the top forward slash guards in the NBA. Uh, he's a big, you know, he's going to be the guy who's guarding the other team's best forward. I like the Rockets here, although CP3 is going to make it tough for them. I have it going seven games. I'm, I'm very interested in this series. It's a very juicy matchup. You've got guys playing against their former teams. Uh, this is going to be a great one. I have it ranked nine on the scale of one to ten in terms of watchability. Uh, couldn't, be, couldn't really be more excited for this matchup. Um, and it's, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I also have this one pretty high, highly rated as a 10 as well. Just like both of you guys, I have this going seven games as well, but my X factor is Dennis Schroeder and whether or not he can sustain like and be the same guy he was in the regular season, accepting his role in the secondary, uh, kind of leading that unit and providing the team uh, that second, third option. Um, so he's my X factor there. That being said, like I was going back and forth on this one um I, not from seven games but who i thought was going to win seven games and i think also uh russ coming back is going to be massive and so maybe the thunder get up early in the series um and then they come back but i mean i i see this series going pretty much how the rockets shooting goes we know when they hit the lights out they can win by 20 on any given night but i mean we've seen time after time the rockets go cold from distance and that's that's just kind of a worrying thought um that being said i think the rockets have the best player in the series james harden um, and so he's looked great in the bubble. Like he's looked fantastic, not fatigued at the end of games, uh, making all the right plays time after time. And so I, I can't discernibly say that one team is going to be winning over the other. Um, but I see the Thunder edging out the Rockets uh, in seven games here. Wow! So Jerry's going. Jerry's going with the upset. 
it's going to be an interesting matchup. I have it going seven, um, and, and it's, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Jackson, anything else on this series? Uh, MVP, I think it's going to be James Harden, regardless, especially without Russell Westbrook. The Rockets typically go as James Harden goes anyway, but without Russ for potentially a couple games. I think he's only confirmed out for the first game, but he might be out for more. Um, and if he's out for more, it's definitely going to be James Harden. And I just, I don't know, I like CP3. I, I guess I kind of trust him more, which is kind of a weird thing to say, that I trust play, CP3's playoff experience a little bit more than the other guys. But I mean, the X factor is really whether he stays healthy, too. I mean, CP3's uh, poorly timed injuries really his uh, have hampered his playoff teams. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. So uh, I say uh, that about takes care of the West, and uh, we're going to head over to the East with our, our first matchup. I'll uh, send it to Tosh and his Bucks taking on the Orlando Magic, uh, the old one versus eight seed. Yeah, so with this series, I don't think we need to go over any X factors, any whatever. I mean, the Bucks are going to take care of the Magic. They're going to sweep them up like dirt, dirt off your floor. It's not going to be, it's not, nothing's in contention here. I've got a sweep. Uh, the Bucks are going to move on to the second round, just like they did last year when they swept Detroit. I mean, Giannis is insane, especially against teams who don't really have any, you know, big physical presence. Jonathan Isaac's out. Mo Bamba's out. Um, yeah, I've got Bucks in four. But, yeah, excited to watch my Bucks. I think that, you know, if I were to name one X factor, it would be Eric Bledsoe, just because he had COVID. He's getting back. He needs to play well in the rest of the playoffs for the Bucks to get to go to the finals and to do something. But uh, Jackson, thoughts on the series? So I also have the Bucks in sweep. Interest level on this one is a one out of ten. I, I really, I might do it something else instead of watching the games because I think the Bucks might be favored by close to twenty points in some of these playoff games, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. I think the only guy that could remotely slow down Giannis in any way was Jonathan Isaac, and he went down with that terrible ACL injury. I also have the Bucks sweeping here. Um, Tosh and Jackson, you pretty much covered it. I see no reason to uh, continue being a dead horse here, and I think we can, can move on to our next matchup. Yeah, so the next matchup, we've got the Brooklyn Nets without KD and Kyrie uh, versus Toronto. Toronto, the defending uh, now, champs, uh, I see the series going very similar to the Bucks and Orlando series. While Paris LeVert is playing pretty well for the Nets, uh, Toronto just has so much depth, so, so, such great defense. Uh, I don't really think this series is going to go far. I am interested to see, though, how OG Ananobi plays in the playoffs. He didn't play last year. He can make some shots, do some stuff. He's a great defender. Uh, he'll be needed later on in the playoffs. So uh, another sweep here in the East. But uh, interested to see how OG plays. Yeah, so I was going back and forth on this one between a four-game sweep and a five-game gentleman sweep. And I eventually went with a four-game sweep, kind of similar to the one versus eight we just talked about, uh, just because I, the, the only way that the Brooklyn Nets can win one game is if Karis Lover just absolutely goes off, which, like, he can. He's had a great bubble. Um, like some other players, but I think Toronto is just overwhelming compared to the Nets, and so I have it in four games. So if anything that I'm going to watch, it's going to be our guy Chris Boucher. Go Ducks, shout out. He's looked absolutely awesome. Happy to see him getting some minutes. He can do it all, score, pass, rebound. Um, absolutely thrilled that he's getting some minutes. Unfortunately, it's for the Raptors. Uh, you know, as a Celtics fan, I uh, 
am kind of weary of the Raptors. I'm looking out for them this playoff run, and I see us, I see us having a big clash uh, down the road. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, Raptors in four. Uh, the only chance they have to take it to five is Karis LeVert as the X Factor just going absolutely off. Um, I also had notes on uh, maybe an OG guarding LeVert, and that might make it a little more difficult. We could call Tosh. Yeah, and the only thing I can really add to what you guys said is the coaching. Nick Nurse really can't be understated. Like, he is an incredible NBA coach, and it seems like those players are really bought in to doing whatever he says. Like, if he says, let's go press for the next quarter, they're all in, um, which not every NBA team will do. So, um, yeah, I think because of that and because of, like, the mentality of this Raptors team, I don't think they let it go to five. I think they end up sweeping them. Yeah, man, what, what this Raptors team has been able to do with Nick Nurse and the loss of Kawhi and him keeping that team together and focus and them still being a two-seed, like, shout-out to Nick Nurse, arguably the best coach in the NBA. But with that being said, I want to turn to another arguably best coach in the NBA, my guy Brad Stevens and the all Boston right, Celtics all right, all right. <laughs> taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Absolute joke of a team. I'm going to go in on this one a little bit before I turn it back to either of you guys. Ben Simmons is out. Nobody can slow my guy. Jason Tatum, 30 a night. Kemba's healthy. Gordon Hayward's looking good. Not injured anymore. The hands healed. The legs healed. He's looking tremendous. The only issue on the Celtics, which Tosh did point out, is that we're a slightly undersized and undermanned at center. Um, And with that, slightly. And so, uh, yeah, JoJo uh, might... uh, have a, ga- a good game or two uh, in the post. But I think it comes down to his effort level. Um, we've seen that he hasn't always been that max effort. Um, and it's looking like he's going to have to be the one that carries the Sixers team, and I don't trust him at all. Yeah, so going off what Gary said, the Celtics really don't play anyone uh, who's a big man other than Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice is undersized. Joel Embiid could have a field day in this series. That is something that's totally possible is that he goes off the Sixers win. They've got a lot of shooting around him now without Simmons. Like, he could easily go off and win this series, but I just don't really see that happening. Um, I am very interested to see this series. I'll put it at like a 9 out of 10. I mean, a uh, lot riding on both sides. Both teams pretty hyped up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics have a ton of forwards. Sixers without Simmons don't have as much forward depth. I like the Celtics. As sad as that is, I mean, Joel Embiid might go off and take a few games, but uh, I like the Celtics in this series. I'll say the X factor is Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward coming back off injury, you know he's been up and down. They're going to need him to have a really good playoff to do anything in the in the uh, in you know in the playoffs. And so uh, yeah, look for Joel Embiid to have a few good games. If Sixers get down like 2-0, I could see them just packing it up, wanting to get out of the bubble. Uh, and, and making this series a real quick one. Jackson, what do you got? So I think the Celtics are going to win. Basically, I much prefer the style of play of having a variety of versatile forwards to a dominant big man who kind of controls how you play the game. Um, Celtics have the advantage there. Uh, Celtics have the coaching advantage. I would say Stevens definitely better coach than Rip Brown. Um, Joel absolutely could go off. Like Tice. Tice plays hard. He's a good player, but he's not hes not a superstar like Joel Embiid. My X factor of the series, if Tobias Harris plays up to his $180 million contract, the Sixers have a chance. 
Otherwise, with the way Tatum's been playing recently, I don't think it's a very close series. I have the Celtics in five. Um, yeah. I, it's just they my, don't have anyone to guard anyone on the perimeter of the Celtics team, in my opinion. I just don't see anybody standing in front of Tatum. And, yeah, I just don't think Joel is going to be able to do enough. And I, I really, like, they do have more of their shooters out on the court but I don't really trust those like those guys are, are big game players that we've seen so far. Like Shake Milton, we really haven't seen a ton of him. In his no, career. I'm glad you so, mentioned him because Shake's he's, he's my X factor for this series. And like, if he can give them some scoring, that would obviously help them. And it's really more about him on defense and whether he can slow Kemba. I don't think he has the forward to stay with Kemba. Like Kemba, if you set a screen, like it's just going to pull up and hit those threes. Like there's no way. I think there's, they have nobody to guard Jalen Brown. Nobody can stay with Jason Tatum. Like, I feel like you have to put Tobias Harris on Jalen Brown, and, like, that's a super weird matchup. Um, I think this is an awesome, awesome uh, series and matchup for the Boston Celtics. Um, that being said, to get to my prediction of the series, I have actually the Celtics losing one game to the Philadelphia 76ers and winning in five um, because I do see Joel having one of those, like, 35-point, 13-rebound games um, and just being absolutely unstoppable against against our undersized Danny Tice there. Yeah. Jack, Jackson, I love that uh, Tobias Harris pick out of you. So they gave up Shaman and a first-round pick for this guy. They signed him to a huge deal. Totally lays an egg in the first season. He's got to show up and prove that he's a max contract guy. I mean, show up. You've got to LMB. You've got some decent depth pieces. Celtics are heavily overrated. They don't have anyone big to, you know, to stop you or Embiid. Show up, put up 30 points tonight in this series, take the series. I don't think he's going to do that. No. But also, Jerry, don't sleep on Matisse Tybel. He can stop either Tatum or Brown. And, and uh, I, I really like Tybel in this series. Without uh, Simmons, he's going to play a big role. I think this series could be a little bit closer than expected, but I do like the Celtics. I mean, the Sixers, they've tanked for, they tanked for, what, four or five years to, to come up with this core, and you've got Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. I mean, th- th- this is what it really comes down to. I mean, can you guys, like, go past the first round? You were horrible for five years, and, and it, now's the time. So Tobias can step up and uh, prove that he's worth the contract, prove that they're worth tanking, and um, I'm pretty excited for this series. Yeah, I mean, all of that's not going to matter. The Celtics are going to win this, and it's just really about how many games Brett Brown gets fired in, uh, whether that's five or six. Like, if the Sixers can push that to six, like, okay. But I think the over-under on Brett Brown coming back should be set because I have the under on that. Um, and it's also unfortunate because Sixers fans are going to be like, oh, you know, if we had Ben Simmons, uh, it would have been a series, and Celtics would have been pushed, and that's absolutely ridiculous. I think he clogs up the floor um, more so having him out there. And you might actually be right that it's addition by subtraction not having him out there. Um, so I'm glad that we're all in the Celtics on this one. Obviously, I'm very passionate about this. I have my Celtics making a deep run. Obviously, uh, it's been very one-sided in the, in the rivalry between the Sixers and us the past couple of years uh, meeting in the playoffs and the Celtics winning in five. Um, even though the Sixers did win uh, this regular season series, absolutely irrelevant come playoff time, the Celtics get it done. But uh, moving, moving on now to our last Eastern Conference matchup, the uh, Indianapolis Pacers and the Miami Heat. Jackson, I'm going to throw this one to you to uh, give us a series preview. Uh, 9 out of 10 on my personal excitement for this series. The beef between Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren, incredible. Incredible. 
Um, and just both two hard-nosed teams that play very hard and want to advance in the playoffs, thinks they should advance. And I think that leads to a very, very fun matchup. And I think both of them are kind of sneaky good teams. Like, I don't think they're going to be making super deep runs, but I like the Heat's core for the next few years. And I like what the Pacers are doing, too. Um, not that I predicted T.J. Warren, but if he keeps... He's my... T.J. Warren is my X factor for this series as well. Um, if he's playing, like, bubble T.J. Warren, like, almost MVP consideration T.J. Warren, um, then they're going to have a chance. And I think they might take the, take this series. If he's playing like he has in the past several matchups with Jimmy Butler, uh, it's going to be a bad series for the Pacers. I think they're going to struggle if that's the case. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't rate this series as high as you do. I have about a four out of ten. I think the Heat are going to roll in this series. I mean, I've been big on the Heat. Go check out the uh, Miami Heat playoff preview on 2TVSports.com. But uh, with Bam, with Iggy, that's my fucking boy, Iguodala. Uh, and, and then they also got Derek Jones. I thought he was hurt, but we'll see if he comes back. Um, you know, they've got Kendrick Nunn, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler. That's a solid defensive uh, lineup there. And so I don't think the, the Pacers are going to be able to do anything on uh, on offense. You know, T.J. Warner is going to get slowed down a little bit. No Sabonis. Uh, Oladipo's hurt. You know, the, I, I really like the uh, Heat in this series. I'll go Heat in five, and I'll go with my X factor is Andre Iguodala. I mean, if they get playoff Iggy on the Heat, that's going to be a huge advantage for the Heat, and they they might make some havoc in the playoffs. Iguodala in the playoffs last year. I mean, look at Game Six against the Raptors in the finals. I mean, he slowed down Kawhi. He put up like twenty two points. I mean, he's a, you know playoff Iggy is one of the better players in the NBA. They're going to need to have him. And uh, super excited to see how he plays. Super excited to see the Heat defense, and they, they can also shoot the lights out of the ball. So uh, there's the uh, on this one. there's the Warriors guy there uh, protecting his guy Iggy there on the Heat. No surprises out of both of you guys there. I actually I have it somewhere in the middle of you two. I think it's like a six or seven for me to watch it. I originally thought that this was going to be a really tight series um, back and forth, but then after the game between them in the bubble. Jimmy Butler kind of locked down T.J. Warren. I have Victor Oladipo as my X factor, and whether he can produce off that injury like you were mentioning, Tosh, um, I think Jimmy Butler can shut down T.J. Warren despite how good he's looked. Um, and surprisingly, I actually do agree with you, Tosh, that I have Miami in five. I think their defense uh, shuts down in, in, or Indiana, and you were right. Like They can definitely shoot the lights out. They have some good depth. I, like, I don't see either of these teams making... Uh, that deep of playoff run either. And I think both of you guys are pretty, pretty spot on uh, about how this series goes. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the Heat do in the, you know, if they win and they get the next round against the Bucks, if they have enough star power. But I don't really think that's going to be too much of an issue in in this uh, series. And I, I really like them here. I like Bolstra and, uh, you know, Drogic. He's playing well. I, I like the Heat. Uh, Jackson, anything else about this series you got? I mean, I definitely agree that the Heat should be the favorites here, and I definitely think they're going to win. Um, yeah, without, unless, to me, T.J. Warren has to play significantly better. If he's not playing like he was at the start of the bubble, I don't think it's serious, and I think it's four or five games, like you guys said. Um, yeah, I just don't see the Heat letting him, him get those, those open looks like he was getting uh, 
during the bubble restart. And so, yeah, I just don't see, like, I, originally when I was first thinking about it, like, I had it going six or seven, but, like, upon thinking about it more, I just think the Heat are definitely a better team, and I think they actually match up pretty well against the Bucks. I think if we're previewing that as our second-round series, which I think all three of us think is going to happen, that's a, that's a good one that we can Bam, save. Uh, Bam guarding Giannis, those statistics are fascinating. That he's, like, one of the best yeah, field goal be- percentage defenders against Giannis in the NBA. Bam is a great defender, so that's going to be interesting to watch. But we all got the heat there. One question I wanted to throw at both of you. Um, if there's one team that made the playoffs that is either most uh, surprisingly good or bad, like who would you say that is? And uh, is, it, is, it, is that team doing better or worse than you thought? For me, I think it's the Toronto Raptors. You know, going into the restart, uh, I was kind of sleeping on the Raptors. I know they're the two seed, and uh, Tosh and I went back and forth a little bit about them, and he thought they were really good. Uh, and I thought they didn't have that like top line superstar, even though they do have some depth. Um, but like after the restart, like Nick Nurse has them playing well. Like they've all bought in. They've managed to replace the scoring that Kawhi kind of left, um, and they they've surprised me for the better. Um, and, and based on how we have our bracket shaken out, like I have them going up against the Celtics in the second round, uh, not going to preview that here. Um, but I definitely am a little bit more weary about them. I, I agree hundred percent. I kind of sneaky, sneaky, like the Raptors. Um, they're, they're a very good team, very well coached. I think mentality for these, even though they're professional athletes, I think how seriously they come into every game and how bad they want to win really does matter. And I think the Raptors have proven that they are pretty much willing to do whatever it takes to get a win, and that matters a lot in the playoffs. In terms of teams that are kind of really outside their expectations for me, honestly, the Thunder's blowout of the Lakers kind of surprised me, and uh, I think they've been playing pretty well in the bubble. Um, Rockets have also been playing well as well, but the Thunder, I guess I just didn't watch a ton of them in the regular regular season back in January, February, and now watching them in the bubble, they've really impressed me for the lack of talent of superstar talent that I think they have. I think Chris Paul is a borderline all NBA player, borderline all top or top 15 player in the NBA this season. Um, but after that, there's Shea, Gilgis Alexander. But other than that, it's, I wouldn't consider him a superstar either, but other than that, they're, they really don't have a ton of top end talent. They just have a lot of good guys. And so I'm interested to see how they perform against two or against a superstar heavy team in the Rockets. Yeah, so you guys kind of both went on the good side of that. I'll go on the bad side. I'll say the Lakers. They came into the bubble. They're not ready to play. LeBron looks like he's kind of washed. Davis gets shut down against constant forward defenders. I thought they would come in. I thought they would dominate. Uh, if you go back to some of our earlier pods, the NBA coming back, I thought you know those guys would come in ready to play, and they really have not. The Lakers look horrible. Uh, and, and yeah, we'll see if they get better, but if the Lakers aren't playing better, they're going to go, they, they're going to go out early in these playoffs. And that would be a pretty, pretty big tarnish on LeBron's legacy. And, uh, and yeah, so I'll say the Lakers are the team that's been surprising me the most, uh, you know, negatively in, in, in the bubble. All right. I want to thank Jackson for coming on the podcast today. Uh, super excited that he made the time for us. Uh, hopefully we can have him on again to, uh, preview some future rounds as well as recap some first round games and uh with that i'll uh, throw it back to tosh one final time yeah man it's uh it's been a good time so thanks jackson and uh you know nba's back playoffs are here been waiting a long time for this but uh as always check out the ctv sports instagram twitter account at ctv sports don't forget nba playoffs 
uh, bracket is here, and so we want you guys to join. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We've got about 25 contestants already looking to get that number up. Uh, today's the last day, so get get in on that. Uh, and and also, you know, on on Twitter and Instagram, we want to hear from you guys. Share us, share us with your friends, coworkers, all of the above. Kind of build this thing out. So uh, super excited that the playoffs are here. And uh, for now, CTV Sports signing off. Mike.